You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us today for this Viva podcast. We'll be discussing hydrophilic impression materials and how it fits into your practice. Our guest, Dr. Chad Duplantis, has been in private practice since 2000 in the North Fort Worth, Texas area, treating all ages with an emphasis on restorative and aesthetic dentistry. Dr. Duplantis, it's a pleasure to have you back on Dental Talk. Uh, your previous podcasts have been excellent. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here, and I really appreciate your time as well. Yeah, we have uh, a newsletter going out very shortly. We'll be featuring these to our uh, 194,000 users. I think we're almost at 200,000 Viva users now that have active accounts. So, Great. Um, yeah, so we're getting a lot of activity. And by the way, these podcasts are available on Google Podcast, on Stitcher, if you're on an, uh, an Android phone. And of course, it's on iTunes. And then you can also listen to them on VivaLearning.com. Just hit the button podcast and you'll be able to either download it uh, and have it offline or you can listen to it directly off of the website. So our first question today is what kind of impression material are you using and how are you using it in your practice? You know, nowadays I am truly mainly a digital impression guy. And, you know, it's kind of funny when I when I get asked to talk about impression materials because I really I do take impressions. I think it's important that we still take analog impressions. And I think it's of utmost important that we understand the impression materials that are out there. Um, so with all of that being said, I don't think digital has completely eliminated the need for impressions in my practice. And so um, when I want to take a traditional impression, which is mainly on my you know, multiple unit cases, greater than six units, my full mouth or full arch rehab cases. On those cases, I'm going to take a traditional analog impression for a number of reasons. And I also take a analog impression on my full arch implant cases. Um, and those are the cases where I still think that analog prevails. And I think that, you know, especially working with some of the higher end lab techs and master technicians, they're going to want an analog impression because they still like to work on stone models and they feel that restorations that they're fabricating are better fabricated off of stone models, which are generated from analog impressions. So um, that's how I'm utilizing uh, impression material in my practice. And I also like to use uh, impression material for putty matrices for all of my aesthetic and multiple unit temporary cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago when it was discussed that uh, standard traditional impression material would not exist. Now, you know, within a few years, I, I heard this from many dental gurus who were who are extremely respected in the profession. And they, they very uh, confidently stated that in and this was 10 years ago. They said in five years, there will be no more traditional impression material. Zero. Everybody's going to be scanning and doing it digitally. So it's interesting to fast forward 10 years, five years past his timeline, and uh, you're still doing it, and, and thousands and thousands of other dentists are still buying traditional material. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think that that's a false statement. I mean, we very well may get to a point where, uh, where, where we don't use impression material. I mean, I always look at it as I don't think we ever thought we'd ever get to the point where we didn't have a house phone. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, that's, that's, and, that's and, true. 
and we're all there. So I think that down the road, I don't know if it's going to be 10 years. I don't know if it's going to be 20 years. But at this point in time, there's still a demand and a need for impression material in your practice. I don't care what anybody says. I'd argue with anybody, but I think there's still a demand and a need for it in your practice. Yeah, and talk about house phone. I, I hate to say this, but I got rid of my house phone only a year ago. I kept my house phone. Yeah, I, I, so, you you know, it's embarrassing, but I may be one of the last people in the, in the world that had a house phone. So you're, you're talking to them right here. One year ago, okay. we had it. As yeah. long as it was a portable phone, I'm okay. If it was a, still a, you know, a rotary no, no, dial, it was worry a por- about it. Yeah, it was a portable phone, but the only people that called me were people that wanted me, you know, to buy something from them. N- n- nobody, exactly. Yeah, nobody I knew called me on the house phone. They all called on the cell phone. Um, but anyway, now that I've uh, ex- exposed my uh, lack of technology growth. I won't hold it against you. Yeah, there we go. Um, so t- let's talk about the attributes and the characteristics of what you're looking for when you are selecting a traditional impression material. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I think that just before I get into that, I think it's really important to understand that over the past several years, you know, when I was in dental school, we talked about uh, hydrocolloid and reversible hydrocolloid impressions, and those were supposedly the most accurate, and I still speak about them when I'm lecturing and, and, and mention that, and I'm still amazed that some people are still using those, and kudos to them. That was virtually impossible in my hands, but really nowadays, um, there's there's two types of impression materials that we're pitting against one another, and that's polyether and polyvinyl siloxane. And, you know, I think uh, traditionally, if you look at the attributes of those two impression materials, um, polyethers may have had the advantage, but we're finding that the, the polyvinyl siloxanes are slowly creeping up on the polyethers. And so, you know, when we're when we're looking at impression materials, we're looking for a hydrophilic impression material, which which is, you know, almost impossible to truly create. However, the polyethers were rather hydrophilic and the polyvinyl siloxanes are creeping up against the polyethers and hydrophilicity. And when we're looking at that, a lot of people are like, I want to. I want a uh, hydrophilic impression material, but they don't really know what they're looking for. And so, uh, you know, when we when we talk about that, we want something with a contact angle of less than 10 degrees. Um, we also want a rigid material. Um, we want something that's going to have, you know, nice elastomeric properties. And and, uh, you know, we want it to be tough. We want it to have dimensional stability and dimensional accuracy so that if we take that impression and send it to the lab, we don't have to worry about it distorting. Um, we, we also need to look at the attributes uh, of the material as in terms of working time. Uh, you may want to take a full arch case and you use a shorter working time material, and that's not really going to work. So, you know, you need to be be conscientious of what your true working time is. And in some cases, you're going to have to have multiple materials in your office with multiple different working times. Are you so, using PVS and polyether in your practice, like for the cases no. where you just have to have moisture tolerance to the nth degree, you'll you'll use a polyether? Yeah, I think I got off on my tangent, but my point was is that several years ago, I always had them both in my practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially for a lot of us who are incorporating digital into our practice, I hate to say this, but there's really no need for polyether impression materials anymore. 
some of the PVSs out there are extremely hydrophilic and they're very beneficial in our practices. And so I have eliminated polyether in my particular practice and I'm only using hydrophilic PVS, polyvinyl siloxane impression materials in our practice. And I found that, you know, we've had great success. Can you recommend any particular PVS or a couple of them or what do you like to use in your office? Yeah, one of the ones that we've had great success with is is Vipacil. Um, it's manufactured by Voco. How, could you spell uh, that for us? That's, that sounds like a tough one. Yeah, it's uh, V-P-O-S-I-L. Okay, Vipacil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it comes in two different working times. And, you know, my business partner, I practice with a gentleman that's been in practice a little bit longer than I have. So he's, for his indirect restorations, his single units, he's still taking a lot of PVS impressions. So he'll use a shorter working time. But instead of having two different families of impression materials in our practice, we just have two different working times. Because for my cases where I'm doing the multiple units and the longer span cases, I'm using a longer working time uh, material. So, you know, the uh, longer set time is is what I'm utilizing. And that material has had has, has been extremely successful in our practice. But generally speaking, though, if, for our listeners, are most PVS materials that are highly or that claim to be high, highly hydrophilic, I don't know if they can even reach the levels of hydrophilicity as a polyether. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, that's what I, I thought that there was some limitation to the moisture tolerance as compared to a polyether. Certainly, certainly. There, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be certain levels of moisture tolerance, but they're, they're altering the impression materials daily to inch closer and closer to the polyethers. I mean, let's face it, even with a, a polyether impression uh, versus a polyvinyl impression, you're, you're going to have to have a dry field. You know, you're, you're not going to throw an impression material into a bunch of saliva, blood. You know, you want to have accurate uh, retraction, isolation, and visualization for any impression material that you're going to use. Um, one of the things that I've noticed with the polyvinyls and, and polyethers were much more expensive back when I was utilizing both impression materials, and I found that the cost savings is substantial when you're able to streamline and just use one family of impression materials that you're having great success with in your practice. Yeah, and especially the taste issue. Exactly. There's there's no taste issues with, uh, I mean, let's give the polyether some credit. The taste issues did improve as time went on, but I almost found when we went to remove those polyethers that sometimes they were they were too rigid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we really had to be careful, especially if the patient had a bridge and you're going to remove that polyether, you know, there's, there's a fear that you're going to lock underneath that bridge and it, it may not move. And although the polyvinyls are, are rigid and hydrophilic, they're not, you know, superior to the polyethers. However, they're not as rigid as the polyethers and they are more hydrophilic than they've ever been. Yeah. So the bottom line is you can get the job done with a quality PVS material and take all the advantages with it and uh, you should be fine. Absolutely. And you can have a significant cost savings as well. Yeah. And, and is there, you know, yeah, go ahead. You just got to look at that contact angle and that's going to determine, you know, how, how hydrophilic the material is. And is V-Posal 
did it reach that 10 degree contact angle? Yeah, it has a, uh, it's, it's got a low contact angle of less than 10 degrees. Yeah. So is there anything else, uh, regarding the product that you use that you want to share with us? Is there anything that, that separates it from, from the other ones that you chose VPOSL? In my hands, I've had great success with it. I do like the fact that it's hydrophilic in nature, but one of the things that I look for that somebody else may not look for, but I find this to be very telltale is, I want a material that I can clearly see the difference in the light body and the heavy body. Uh, the light body in this material is orange and the heavy body is blue. And so there's a very nice differentiation that you can see that your light body got where you want it to be and your heavy body is, is where you wanted it to be as well. And the color differentiation is very important. And it's something that I've grown used to over years. And it's harder to use impression materials where the colors are so similar that it's hard to differentiate what the two are. I mean, honestly, out of all the features and, and the great successes we have, I really do like the color combination as well that I think is very unique. And it's two very brilliant colors that allow me to very accurately and easily determine if my pre impression is good enough. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, Dr. Duplantis, because this is a routine procedure. You do this day in and day out, and to remove some sort of, uh, you know, ambiguity in, in, in the procedure itself by having defined colors like that just takes the stress out of the procedure. Not all of it, but some of it. And yeah. that, that's what these products do. They're designed to help the clinician get through the day. And if, if it provides as good or better uh, physical properties and characteristics than the typical PVS, then why not? And that's, that's absolutely. Maybe, yeah. And that's maybe why you chose it. Thanks again, Dr. Duplantis. We hope to have you on a future podcast on other topics. And uh, it's really been a pleasure talking to you. You have a total of four now. And uh, I really encourage our listeners to check them out. They have covered material classifications like RMGIs, post and cores, flowable material, flowable composite, which is such a big part of dentistry today. And of course, uh, traditional imp impression material, which is not going anywhere for the time being. Uh, according to Dr. Duplantis, it's not. So again, thank you very much for joining us for this podcast, and uh, we hope to have you on soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.